So today we're going we're gonna to continue on the series that Pastor started, House of Prayer. Okay? Last week we started that, and, and the series is all about prayer and the important, and the important role it plays um, as followers of, in our lives, as followers of Christ. And last week we started, you know, by digging into the heart of prayer. Anybody remember what it was? Okay, see, go back and listen to the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Right? We learn that prayer is more than just requests and words that we direct towards God. Right? P- prayer is a place of meeting with God. Write that down for yourself. Write this down for yourself. It's not a monologue, you know, uh, uh, um, and this is what we wrote, we wrote down. Not a monologue we dictate to God, but a dialogue with God. It's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. Amen? It's relationship with God in action. Now, you know, I I love that because when I think about that, it's like that's worship, a relationship in action. Today we're going to dig a little bit deeper, if you allow me, and and examine a question that God has been asking for, you know, ever since the beginning of time. It's a question that I want you to hear, and I want to see what ears do you hear this question? What what, What comes to your mind when you hear this? Where are you? Where are you? I could ask that a couple of ways. Where are you? Or where are you? Where are you? Where where are you? Right? This is an age-old question that transcends to the beginning of creation. It cuts to the heart of prayer. Now let's go back to the beginning and see what we can learn. So let's go to Genesis 3, verses 8 through 10. And then the man and his wife, which is Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from him. They hid from the Lord uh, God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Here we see a break in communication was taking place in the garden. The garden, the place where everything was provided for. The place of provision of God, love of God, the place where he had his first creation and placed them there. Come on. And now there's a break in communication between God and the first man and woman. And someone's avoiding relationship. Someone's avoiding intimacy. And it's not God. It's not God. It's Adam and Eve. This, and then the, what we see in, as we read these, this passage, despite their error. Now, you can go back. I, because of time, I'm not going to go through the whole story. But you guys know what happens, why we're here right now, right? They made a mistake. They made an error. They chose outside of God. They chose outside of the provision that God provided. We do that sometimes, too. Come on. And despite the error... God was undeterred in his pursuit of them. We see him calling for them. We see his desire to be in communication with them. We see his desire for them as he called out, where are you? Where are you? God did not initiate his approach to them by asking them what they had done. 
He didn't call out to them trying to figure out where they had gone wrong. See, we do that. Any parents in the house? Come on, parents. Kids are in the other room and the other thing, and you don't hear them for a while. They're quiet. You're like, wait, kids are too quiet. What are you doing? You don't like, where are you? I love you, Johnny. No, what are you doing, Johnny? Where, I haven't heard you. What, you, you, better, you better not be doing blah, blah, blah. Come on, right? So then when we read this and we see this and them in the garden and they make a mistake, we automatically assume that that's God's approach to us. That's not God's approach. God called to them, where are you? I've been walking with you every day. I've provided for you in this garden. Come on, they met every day with God. What? They were with him, walking. They had only like one job, name the animals or something. I don't know. No sweat, no toil. Provided, loved for, cared for. They went and was deceived by the enemy. And yet, God doesn't call out to them. What have you done? Why did you do that? Why you didn't listen to me? You know you're wrong, blah, 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 blah. He's like, where are you? See, God already knew what they had done. He's God. Come on. He already knows what you have done. He's God. So you're not hiding it from anybody. I mean, yeah, you're probably hiding it from the rest of the world, but you're not hiding it from him. And despite that, he sought them and asked them, where are you? It is a question that echoes to this very moment right now in this place. I'm going to challenge you. Take a moment. Consider what God is saying to you right now through his word. Consider that. Take inventory in your heart what God is asking you. Where are you? Where are you right now in this walk? Where are you in this journey? Where are you? He's expressing his desire to you. In essence, what he's saying is, I want you. God wants relationship with you because he loves you. You matter to him because he hasn't changed his mind about you. See, God is seeking you. That, that always blows me away because I'm like, God, like, come on. We all know what we've done, haven't done. We have all know the mess-ups, right? We're good to, like, take inventory and keep it on the remember Rolodex. That's old. Rolodexes. We keep a memory bank about those things. But God doesn't. And he looks at you in spite of, despite of what you have done. He loves you. God is seeking you. I can prove it to you. Look at it, Ezekiel 34, verses 11 through 12. It says, for thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. In other words, you know, well, let me just write. One of the reasons why people, the people of Israel, why they kept finding themselves astray is because they kept going after other things. And they kept getting scattered. 
But the good shepherd kept going after the sheep. And he goes after you. And sometimes, let me, let me just say this, sometimes you get scattered. We've done that. We've been there. We've done that. And we know God loves me. He has a plan for me. He's the way. He's the only way. And yet we scatter. Why? Because, you know, and, and I love that we're doing this whole thing on honor and really showing about, you know, we got to bring that back to the church. we got to bring that back to the people. I say this, I, I visited some of the groups, and I'm visiting more this week, but here in America, we're too comfortable. You go to another country, they know honor. They respect the man and woman of God. They respect the things of God. They respect it. They don't touch those things. They're like, oh, no, no, not that. But we here in America, we've like, well, if she, you ain't telling me what to do. You, ain't you know, there's like this attitude, this thing, and we've lost this. Then we bring that into the church, into the body, into the house of the Lord. Oh, music's too loud. Oh, the lights were bothering me. Oh, you didn't leave the stuff on the screen long enough. Oh, you're doing that. Like, what? Are you here for all that? Are you here because you came to hear from the Lord? Because you came to fellowship with the body? Because you came to grow? We got to put those menial things aside. You know, our job as pastors is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. My hope is that you're coming here to be equipped. See, this is why I wore this today. I was ready. I feel like the, like the general right now. Like, come on, troops, we could do this. You know, in Israel, they had leaders that, that didn't lead them. They didn't feed them. They didn't care for them. Here, you know, and I can't speak for all other ministries, and my hope and my prayer is that that happens, but here you have an opportunity to have people that will lead you. And listen, only follow, and we say this all the time, only follow if we're following Christ. The minute we don't follow Christ, you run. You run. Here you have an opportunity to be fed. Every Sunday when we open the doors on Wednesdays in the connect groups and, and all these things that we put together. And you have an opportunity to be cared for. Because this is what we see the Father did. See, in these verses, God reveals his love for them and for us by showing his pursuit of us. He pursues us. He calls himself our shepherd. Can you, I want you, listen, today we're going to really think about some things. It didn't come into church, sit down, hear a message, oh, that was great, go home and be the same. Because if you're in the same position that you was in 20 years ago and you've been in church over 30 years, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Okay, here we go. Something's off. I can't keep letting you come in and come in and come in and the same. How are you? I'm good, pastor, but everything in your house is a mess. Your children are not serving the Lord. Now, you know, I get, you know, well, I don't get it because, listen, spoil the rod, spoil the child. I don't understand it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will come to the house of the Lord. Too many options. They have too many options. But you don't give them the option of God. 
And God should be the first option. I'm not saying you they, they exclude anything else, but teach your children the word. Take time. Sit with them. But we're too comfortable in our own things. We're too comfortable. The shepherd. Can you see the shepherd? He wants to shepherd you. What? Me? It has, to be, it has to be a change in your mindset of this just being something like God there, I'm here, and it has to be relational. It has to be a relate like you see it as my shepherd, my father. And I know Pastor Jose said this last week, I think it was, he says, you know, some people can't look at him as father because they have daddy issues. When are we going to put our daddy issues to the side? Listen, I, I'll tell them myself. My sister, my, my, my brother, my, our father and my mother, they got divorced when we were young. My father, I honor him and I love him, but he has not been in my life. And because he hasn't been in my life, it's just been like, you know, well, but the God brought a man into our lives, my stepfather. I call him my father. Now, I'm not going to walk around the rest of my life with issues about my father when he had his own things going on. So you know what I chosen? My sister has chosen. We chose to forgive and love him. That's the way God works. So now I can walk in freedom to do what God's called me to do and not be a prisoner to the issues of my father. Because in the beginning, it was his issue, not mine. So I'm not a prisoner to that. I'm not a prisoner to these issues and these things that are going on. I am a servant of the Most High God. And I'm going to walk in what he has given me. So if the shepherd is calling the sheep to come out of darkness, then what's the responsibility of the sheep? Come out of darkness. He wants you to come out of darkness. He wants you to come into the light. If you've been hiding and running from God like Adam and Eve, if you've grown distant in prayer and you know if you have, you know. And I'm not here to point to say that, you know, you're doing something wrong. I want to help heal your heart today. If you're living and hiding because of shame and guilt and terror like Adam and Eve, if you refrain from talking to God and seeking relationship relationship with him because of your mistakes because of mistakes and error this is why I always say this I do not and it's not that I don't care I care for you I don't care where you've been what I care is where you're going I care for you enough that what you've done in the past, that doesn't faze me because my father was greater. He sent his son to die for you. What I care about, will you receive the free gift of salvation so that you can be eternally with him? That's more important to me. Too many people judging others for their past. Well, stop judging you. You, you know, looking at the plant, the, the little stick in their eye, you got a plank coming out of yours. Who are we to judge where you've been? 
God is calling you out. If this is you, God is calling you out right now. He's calling to you right now. Not because he wants to crush you or condemn you. He's pursuing you because he wants relationship with you. Listen, it's time to get out of hiding. Come on, tell your neighbor, time to get out of hiding. Come on, time I wake up, time to get out of hiding. Come on, time to get out of hiding. No more hiding. Ooh, can I be bold and say something? This is what this government wants, to try to hide us, try to keep us separated. Come on, wake up. Wake up. Wake up to the evil that's going on in this world right now. It's the enemy. Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the dark ages in this earth right now. Wake up. And we have to unite together. Oh, Jesus. I, I think you're all ready for me this morning. Uh, coffee for everybody, please. Okay. Round the coffee on me. Amen. So I want to share with you some thoughts that can change your prayer life. I want to share with you some thoughts, right? And this is for everybody. It doesn't matter if you've been serving the Lord for so many years. It doesn't matter. We've all been here, done that. At one point, we stopped talking to God. We stopped sharing with God. You know, we, 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 we well, let me just get into this and, and we'll see some of the things that we do sometimes. One of the things that I want to share with you is prayer puts our problems in their proper context. Prayer, it puts the problems that you're facing, situations, circumstances, in proper context. Listen, listen to this, please. Prayer isn't for the purpose of unloading on God. God is not your therapist. Many people walking around looking for therapists and therapy. I'll give you therapy that it will cost for free. It's called the Bible, the Word of God. We pay, you know, God is in the therapist. We pay with our religious actions. We think we're going to do religious things, and God's going to be moved. God is not moved by that. God already moved. We think we could have God just listen to us and then, then do nothing while he encourages us to figure it all out for ourselves. That's not the way it works. Most people approach God in prayer with one eye on their needs, come on, the other eye on their wants, and the other one on the desire for God to do something for them. God is not your Santa Claus. Imagine, for those that are married here, you would like to get married, engaged, or whatever, you're dating, holy dating, amen. Imagine being married. I can imagine Pastor Jose. Now, Pastor Jose, he is good to me. He is a good man. God knew that I need, God knew what he, uh, he knew what he was doing. He is good. He lavishes love on me. He gives me gifts. He knows that that's one of my languages, that when he gives me a gift, I'm like, oh, I'll cook dinner tonight. No, just kidding. And so he's, a, he's good, but I don't ask him for things, and that frustrates him sometimes. So, so then I'll send him a list of things that I want, but then I don't want to send him because I know he'll get them for me. But he does that. He lavishes on me. But imagine if I was one of those that I went to my husband, well, I demand that you give me X, Y, Z, that you do this for me, and blah, 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 blah. I, I think he would grow tired really quick. 
And I don't think we'll be married very long, <laughs> right? So this is, but, you know, we, we, we know this in the natural, so then why do we do this with God and approach him that way? Now, we may not approach him in that way, as I exaggerated as I did, but we do. Listen, prayer in its proper context puts the emphasis on our love for God. Let me tell you, let me say that again. Prayer in its proper context puts the emphasis on our love for God, our dependence upon him, and our confidence in his ability. His ability. Unfortunately, some of us pray with an emphasis on our problems. <sighs> That's not prayer. Remember, again, the place of meeting with him. Instead of God himself, we put emphasis on the problem instead of God himself. We magnify our problems instead of, uh, instead of magnifying God over our problems. Now, yesterday, I got an example. I was like, I was like going over my notes, and did everybody get that, that dee, dee, dee on their phones? I was like, Amber Alert, or something was going on. Everybody got that? A squall is coming. Hunker down. Go outside. Put everything away. I was like, yeah, he was up in a tree. Oh, my God. You're here. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And I, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, squall is coming. So I was supposed to go out. I'm calling my, uh, my kids. They're doing something. I'm like, Karina, where are you guys? Like, oh, we're in Jersey. I'm like, okay, the, the, the young adults are good. I'm like, Josh, you, you ready? Oh, a squall is coming. And I was like, man, I want to see this squall. Anybody else was like that? I'm like, I got to see this. I'm like, Pastor Jose is sunny Florida. I was like, whatever. So I'm in the room, and all of a sudden, it got dark. Right? I was like, ooh, the squall is coming. <laughs> Just got to see this. I got my phone. I'm like one of those now with the phone ready. I'm a, I, I go, I open up, the, and all of a sudden, it's like you couldn't see anything. All of a sudden, visibility. I'm like looking across the street. I'm like, I can't see my neighbor's trees. I call Hannah. She's like, oh, mom, you see the squall? I'm like, yes, we're in the squall. And I hear my grandson going, whoa. We're like screaming like a squall. I'm like, whatever. It's just snow coming with high winds. And, and I looked at that, and I was like, wow. I called Pastor Jose. I'm like, look, I'm FaceTiming him. Look, you hear the winds? He's like, yeah, honey, keep the phone still. You're making me dizzy. I'm like, yeah, look at the phone. Right? <laughs> so we're doing all that. And I put it down. And then I go back upstairs, and I'm like, oh, man, that was cool. And then something hit me, revelation. Imagine if we faced our problems like if God was the squall coming. And when that darkness comes, and here he comes, the squall comes over to take over that situation. And, and I mean, because that squall came like, what, 10 minutes? Like, it was like in and out. And when he comes in like a squall, man, and he just takes over that problem because you've given it to him in prayer, not that you've magnified the problem, you've magnified him so much. Come on. That he comes in like this. Look at Psalm 8, 1 through 6. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. 
to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. Oh, Father, I magnify you over this situation. Lord, I praise you. I worship you, Father, for you are glorious, Lord. I know what I'm going through. I know what it looks like. But, Father, my enemies are your enemies, Lord, because if they come against me, they're coming against you, Lord. So I thank you right now that you are the Father. You are the truth. You are the way. You see what, how it changes it? It changes the situation. I am not concerned and worried about the outcome because he's already provided everything that I need for life and godliness. I'm worshiping him through it. And when he comes in like a squall, man, that enemy don't know what hit him. The visibility is low. You are covered. You are in the winds, but you're not moved. Come on. I said, Lord, you can even speak to me in a squall. This is awesome. But that's how we need to look at God. But you know what we do? We make the, the, the problems look like the school is so big. Oh, my God. It's going to overtake me. It's because you're trying to control. When you're trying to control everything, oh, I've given control to God. He, no, no, you have not. You keep picking it up. You got to put it down and let God. Listen, David had enemies. This was David when, in, in, this, in this psalm. But his perspective was, the enemy, was, my enemies are God's enemies. So great was his trust in God that instead of complaining to God and, uh, about the size of his problem, he focused on the size of his God. Choose to focus on the size of your God. Parents, your children, listen, there's parents even in here now watching they're children that it seems like they'll never serve the Lord. It seems like they're far away. Magnify God in the midst of that situation. Glorify him. You will see the change in them. Because those seeds are planted. They'll never come back void. Come on. When you get to thinking how great God is, the greatness of creation, the, you know, the, the fact that this is the same God that is mindful of you. Man, it turns your biggest problems into the smallest. We've all faced situations. We've all faced problems. But we can't be trying to control every little thing. And then we're like, oh, God, okay, God, give me opportunity, Father. God, open doors for me. And when he opens them, then you're like, oh, okay, this situation happened by God. Come on. Double-minded. We got to be steadfast and stern and strong. Turn prayers into intimate moments of thankfulness, praise, and worship. And can I say something to you? Even in the midst of the situation. Because I know, been there, done that, that sometimes that is the, the least time you pray. Because you're so focused on the problem that you forget about God, the shepherd. Next thing I want to share with you, prayer, pay, uh, pray. Prayer paves the way for transparency. When prayer is a struggle, one of the roots driving it is a lack of transparency. 
And, you know, I, I find that interesting, you know, when, we, when I was just putting these things down and going over the notes and stuff, how in this world, so many people live behind a screen that you even wonder anymore, is, any, is there any transparency left? Is anybody even real anymore? Because everybody's life is so perfect online, it's so perfect and everything. We're trying to live these perfect lives and then you're frustrated and you can't, you can't measure up. So if you struggle in that transparency in, in, in your prayer time, it's because of that transparency. You're tr attempting to keep whatever that is from God, realizing that he already sees it. He already knows. But he still wants you. and He still calls out to you. I'm going to show it to you what he did for Adam and Eve. Let's go to Genesis. Let's go back. Genesis 3, 14 through 15. So the Lord... God said to the serpent, he didn't say this to Adam, he said this to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And this is the part where I really want. And I will put en enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. See, many people, when they read this and, and they see that, that God came in the garden and he did all that, and, and you know, Adam and Eve, when, when, they, um, you know, they, when, they, when they took the, the fruit, they brought that upon themselves because they chose outside of what God had provided. You guys got that, right? And then what the, what the Lord did was when he came in, many people picture God angrily stomping in to the garden, calling Adam and Eve out. And they believed that that's why they hid. But if we just take a closer look at these scriptures, we see that God didn't come in anger. He didn't come in anger. He wasn't bent on crushing them. What he, ca what he came was with, an, with a solution. He told them right there what the solution was. God sought them to show them a way out of the tragic results they inflicted upon themselves. Everything that came after they did that, it was their choice. See, I know that a lot of people struggle with the whole, I just had a conversation last week with someone, with the whole sin, and, 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 and but, but we still got to go to God. And we still, and, and I try to explain to this person that, yes, of course, you go to God and say, God, you know, I messed up. Nothing wrong with that. But you're not begging and pleading and doing religious acts for God to forgive you. He already forgave you through Christ. And the religious people, the religious mindset, they keep putting the emphasis on what you do for God. Forgetting that what Jesus did for us. And if you've received that, I know it sounds too good to be true. And it is not a license for you to go do whatever you want. Because just like Adam and Eve, there are consequences to what you do. There are things that either you're going to eat good or you're going to eat from the evil. And you're going to eat from something. It's your choice. 
But God is not mad at you. God is not upset at you. God wants relationship with you. God, you know, he, he wanted to, to, to provide everything and, and have them, you know, communicate with him always constantly. And that was broken. But even in that, he still made a way. So this is what I'm telling you. Be transparent with God. Tell him where, you at, where you're at. Speak to him. Father, I worship you, Lord. I know that you are good. I'm struggling right now. Or, Father, I am so good. Things are going so well. I just praise your name. I thank you for showing me the way. I thank you. You know, whatever it is, speak to him. And I love what Matthew 6, 5 and 6 says about prayer. It says, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Those of you taking honor, you know about rewards. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Listen, there's nothing transparent and honest about prayer for show or to justify yourself or to whatever, doing something for God. It's, it's hypocritical. According to the words of Jesus, prayer is the secret place. He says, my house will be called a house of prayer. The place in the dwelling where he's at, that inner chamber of life. He goes on to tell us that the father sees, he discerns, observes, understands what is done in that place. I want you to consider this. God knows. He knows. He knows your deepest emotions. He knows your thoughts. He knows your intentions. He knows. And it doesn't scare him away. Instead, he's observing what's in your heart, and he accurately understands you at your deepest level. He knows. Don't hide from him any longer. When you pray, be transparent with him. Not because you're telling him anything that he doesn't know, but because you're giving him access to work in those places. Some of us don't give God access. Well, God, you can, yeah, I'll do that, but not this place, not that part, not that hurt. Why are you holding on to hurt? Why? why like, why? Why do you purposely want to hold on to unforgive, like to, not to forgive somebody? Even those that have done wrong to you. Forgive them. Forgive them. Somebody needs to hear that today. Because if you do not forgive them, you keep yourself in the cage. So it's time that you let that go. Why do you want to stay? Do you, and I say, why do you want to? Because you don't realize that you want to stay angry. You want to stay in the place of bitterness. So they did that. Or, you know, and I'm not putting lightly to things that you have gone through. But in, in general, okay, so it happened. But I love what my husband says. It happened, but it doesn't happen. <coughs> excuse me. It doesn't have to happen to you. My throat is getting dry. Excuse me. It doesn't have to happen to you. In the sense that you're walking around with that forever. Things happen in life. I like that. Life happens. 
there's things that, and some of it is traumatic. I get it. I understand. And that's when you need God even more to help you. Amen? Let's go on. Don't let your condition become the death of your position in prayer. Don't let your condition become the death of your position in prayer. Adam and Eve made a grave mistake. They turned away from God through the deception they embraced. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, my God. See, my throat gets dry. But, but the mistake did not change their position in the sight of God. They were still made in his image and likeness, but unfortunately, they corrupted it. And it's amazing when you think about the fact that immediately after their failure, God puts into motion a plan to restore them back to what they had before they sinned. In other words, the condition of their lives changed, but God's plan for their standing before him didn't. There was still his creation. Amen? Whether you believe in Christ or not, God, be um, God believes in you. He knows the power and potential in you that can be released the moment you discovered his likeness in you. Now, you may see yourself as damaged goods, inferior, broken, prone to fail in the sight of God, but God isn't focused on your shortcomings. He is focused on your real identity, and it is the reason why he made such a great sacrifice for you. Now, I just wanted to say something with this before we close. If you think that that was just for back then, I'm going to show you that this was, even though this was in the beginning, that Jesus followed the same model as the Father. Sometimes we miss that when we read this, these stories. John 5, 19 says this, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. So when he sees that his father called them out, even though they made a mistake, Jesus does the same thing with us. Amen? Now let's look at Luke 13, verses 10 through 13. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. And when Jesus saw her, he called her and told her, what's going on with you? Why are you like this? What happened to you? Who did this? What sin do you have in your life? How did this happen? Oh, wait, wrong Bible. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the wrong version. Who did this? See, that's what we do. He called her over and said, dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Some versions say, woman, thou art loose. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. And what happened? How she praised God. See, just like the father called out to Adam and Eve, Jesus, is call, uh, Jesus called out to the woman not to shame her, not to question her, not to embarrass her, but to heal her. When you realize that you hold great value to God, your Father, and that your condition does not change his desire for you as a son or daughter, it will change how you see yourself before God and how you relate to him in prayer. 
God wants to help you. He is calling out to you right now. Come to me, all who are heavy and laden burden. I will give you rest. Stop taking this up on your own. Oh, but I haven't forgotten God. I'm connected. No, you're not. You are not connected. I'm here to speak truth today. Not because I'm ashamed of you, because I love you and I have to give you truth. If you're not in prayer, if you're not constantly, you know, you know, um, just in the word and, and making sure that, that, that this word is the forefront, that this word is the final authority in your situation, in your circumstances, in your life, then you're not connected. If you can go to other things to lead and guide you, if you can go to other people, then you're not connected. And God is calling out to you today. He's calling you into an intimacy with him. He's calling to you. I want to heal your heart. He's looking at the condition right now. He says, your condition doesn't move me. What moves me is you. I love you. The situation doesn't move him. You crying more about the situation is not going to move his hand. He's already done everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's already completed. He's already done it for you. What you need now is a revelation of truth. It's going to the Father and saying, Lord, I don't know how this is going to, you know, I don't know how to do this thing, Father, but I trust you and I walk in the truth of what you've set out for me, Lord. I magnify you over this situation, God. Jesus Jesus can we just stand to our feet Lord Jesus we don't need to beg for our daily needs and, and daily and favor and wish and a hope that he will incline his ear he inclines his ear to you A son and daughter, they relate to a father differently because they understand they're a son and a daughter. Do you understand today that he invites you to a relationship to be a son and a daughter, not a stranger, not a passerby, not a every other Sunday, not a one time in the year on Christmas and Easter. He's inviting you for a relationship to change your whole life. You don't have to stay away. You don't have to hide. You don't have to be embarrassed on what you went through. You don't have to be embarrassed about your, what you're going through. There is no shame. There is no condemnation. There is no guilt in him. Come to him and he will heal your heart. Thank you, Father. It's an invitation today. An invitation today. An invitation is going out today. An invitation is going out right now. Put away the childish things. Put away those things that are keeping you away from the Lord. Put away those things right now. And come. Receive a love that you, you see, we think we know what love is. We thought we knew what love is. But this love will blow you away. 
His love is greater. His love is better than any drug. His love is better than any woman or man or sex. His love is better. His love is greater. His love is greater than any career, any money. His love is greater than things. His love is greater. His love will change you. His love will, 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 will transform you. It is better. It is better. It is better than sitting around worrying how this is going to work. It is better. There's an invitation going out today. For those watching, there's an invitation going out today. Will you take the invitation? Will you accept the invitation? Would you accept it today? A relationship that would change your life. Will you turn and run to him in confidence, knowing that he's waiting for you every day with open arms and that he has the best for you? Your past is not an issue to God. Your current circumstance and situation is not an issue to God. He loves you. He invites you. Will you come? Will you allow him to heal your heart, angry woman? Will you, be, will you allow him to heal your heart, angry man? Will you allow him to heal you and take that anger away? Will you, he forgives you, will you forgive? He wants to give you strength, old tired woman and tired man. He wants to give you strength today. Will you, get, will you allow it? Will you receive it today? He wants to strengthen you in your bodies today. He wants to renew your mind today. We thank you, Father. You are a good shepherd. You are a good father. You love us with an everlasting love. You don't ever leave us the same. Your desires for your plans to be revealed, to be unfolded in our lives. And that when we, we can go and reach others for your glory and your honor. We let go of those things that we have put before you. And if that's you, you want a, you want a more intimate relationship with God.
that's you. You just want that. You want, I want a more intimate. I have not been doing. I've been distracted. I've been trying to make everything work. I've been running around trying to fix everybody else's problems. I've been trying to do all this. And it's time for you and God. Because he's saying, where are you? Where are you, my daughter? Where are you, my son? Where are you? 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 Oh, we thank you, Lord. We say, here we are. Here we are. Here we are, Father. Here we are. Forgive us for hiding. And I know you do. Forgive us for turning away. We run back into your arms. we need you. We want you. We love you. So we thank you, Father. We thank you for your great love. And if you don't know him today as your Savior, as your Lord, before you leave this place or before you stop watching, I want to give you an opportunity that you can call him your Lord and your Savior because he has a plan for your life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. He's not asking you to change anything. He's not asking you to, to, to make yourself perfect. He will perfect you because he works from the inside out and everybody that comes to him, they made new. Word tells us we are a new creation in Christ. Old things have gone away. Behold, old things are made new. So I thank you today, Father, for these that want to be new. He's calling to you now. If that's you, if you've never received him, you've never made that confession of faith, we want to help you. Because we want to come alongside of you and help you on this journey. So if that's you, just lift your hand. That's me. I want that. I want that, Lord. I want you as my Lord and my Savior. And then we're just going to say a simple prayer. It seems so simple, but there's such a big impact with this prayer. Because it's going to take you from darkness into light. And it's going to take you for, to forever living with him. So if that's you, repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that God sent you to make a way for me. I receive you today as my Lord, as my Savior. And I acknowledge that you paid the price for my sin so that I don't have to. I thank you, Lord, for setting me free. I thank you, Lord for healing my heart and receiving me today as your son or your daughter. 
I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give it up for those that made a choice today to serve the Lord. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.